every day was a roller coaster because one day we would hear, okay, there's improvement. The next day, he's plummeted again. And so it was just up and down of emotions. Welcome back to another episode of On the Ground with Samaritan's Purse, where we take you to the front lines and behind the scenes of our work around the world. I'm your host, Christy Graham, and today I want to introduce you to Francis, a child who received life-saving surgery through the Children's Heart Project. We've shared episodes before about kids who've gone through the program, the amazing host families and partners who make it all possible, and we'll make sure to put the link in the show notes if you haven't heard them or you want to hear more. But today, we want to cover and dive into a miracle story. Francis is a very special little boy. Our team fell in love with him from the start. And you're going to fall in love with him after hearing this story about how God worked, not only through Francis, but in the lives of his parents and his entire community back home. Francis is a seven-year-old Ugandan boy who was born with a heart defect. He was in desperate need of surgery. And since access to this procedure is not available in his home country, Francis's parents, they'd lost hope. They didn't know how they were going to provide for their son. And when Children's Heart Project approved them to receive this life-saving procedure in the Cayman Islands, it was truly a burden lifted. The partner hospital and the host families were ready to receive him in the Grand Cayman. Interpreters and the transport nurse, they were on board ready to serve. But the plans changed abruptly. There was an emergency during the flight. Everyone's excited, saying their goodbyes. And then they get on the plane, and within an hour of being on the plane, there is an emergency. He, um, he has a seizure. Immediately, Brenda, a highly skilled ICU nurse and other medical personnel who happened to be passengers on the flight, sprang into action. The pilots began contacting hospitals, asking if they could take Francis. But hospital after hospital along the way denied them. With no one able to receive such a critical medical case, the pilots made the decision to continue on to Amsterdam. Passengers and flight attendants, they quickly jumped in to help, and everyone was fighting for Francis. They cared for him for hours until finally they were able to land in Amsterdam. Back in America at our international headquarters, Cindy Bonsell, the director of Children's Heart Project, was doing everything she could to make sure they arrived in Amsterdam and that the hospital was ready to receive them. Since this wasn't a partner hospital and this wasn't planned, it made it very challenging, but only God knew how this story would unfold. Francis was traveling from Uganda with his cousin and an interpreter who is a faithful follower of Christ and prayer warrior. April Johnson, a regional host coordinator, shared more about this. Rovina was a first-time interpreter. Wow. I remember recalling her share, though, that when they had asked her about um, interpreting for this group, and she began praying about it, um, she she knew that the Lord um, just gave her a, an understanding that it's going to be a dark time. Hmm. And, she, and the Lord really impressed upon her heart that she needed to fast and pray. And so for the first month of um, their time there in Amsterdam, um, Robina knew that we're facing a difficult time. Even before she came, she began fasting and praying because mm-hmm. she knew that it was going to be a difficult time. And, and I think for God to give her that grace of preparing her for that, um, yeah, even when it was the first time for her to serve, um, and then to watch her pray and fast continuously, mm-hmm. um, day in and day out, um, just knowing that, Lord, this is all going to be by your strength and by your 
love and grace in our lives. Robina and Kristen, Francis's cousin, came with him because his mom was not able to travel. And it was clear early on that God had handpicked both of these women to travel with him at this time. The Children's Heart Project team had to be united. And the program typically includes a host church, a host family, and a well-known partner hospital. But in Amsterdam, we didn't have any of these things. Everything was new. Samaritan's Purse immediately sent another team member, Teresa, to Amsterdam to help provide more support. She and Brenda, the transport nurse, stayed there and cared for everyone. And eventually, another team member, Tucker, an international patient coordinator with Samaritan's Purse, arrived to relieve Brenda. Tucker and Teresa spent a few days in Amsterdam, and then Francis was moved to Leiden, a smaller town in the Netherlands, to have his heart surgery. Once they moved him there, and he had his surgery, and we were impressed. Like, everything went well. Like The surgery went well. We were rejoicing, excited um, to hear that surgery went well. And then two days later, um, his, his lungs just couldn't take the, um, the new oxygen level. So then he went in cardiac arrest um, for 40 minutes. April and the rest of the team back in the U.S. heard that Francis had been put on life support. They immediately gathered their friends, families, and church communities and began praying. Tucker shared how dire the situation was. He coded and his heart stopped. Um, he went through a 40-minute cardiac massage where the surgeon was holding Francis' heart in his hand for 40 minutes minutes. Tucker communicated the news with Francis's family, and once they got word, the entire community in Uganda gathered to mourn, thinking they had lost Francis. When they told us what was happening in Amsterdam, we were devastated. A local pastor visited Francis's mom and dad and prayed with them, and they grieved their son half a world away. And as this pastor was present with them, that's when he began sharing the gospel. And this led Francis's dad to becoming a believer. And I love how this shows the importance of being with people, the ministry of presence in the midst of their suffering. And it's amazing to me that there was a church ready and eager to receive Francis in the Grand Cayman. And once the Children's Heart Project team gave them the news of Francis's situation, the pastor and Grand Cayman would call and pray with Francis, Kristen, and Robina. And so we have that church there in Cayman um, mm-hmm. praying and, and caring for. And then we have the church back in Uganda, believers circling around the families there and, and supporting them. And then our transporter, her daughter, was from a church um, in Columbus, Ohio, that partners with another church in Amsterdam. And so they made a connection, and so a church in Amsterdam came alongside of us as well, came there to pray Mm. with us, came to encourage us week after week. The children from that church made cards, and, and, Mm. and they brought them for Francis. And this is the body of Christ coming together. It spans across the world. The Children's Heart Project team knew this was going to be a long journey for Francis, and April volunteered to relieve Teresa. So they were able to switch off, traveling to and from the Netherlands. And for 102 days, April, Teresa, and Tucker rotated back and forth to take care of him. And so as a mom, I'm listening to this thinking, 
you're trusting them to people you don't know. You're sending them to a foreign country. And in this case, he, you know, diverted to a different foreign country. And so I'm just getting chills thinking about this mom and dad, you know, at home in Uganda, not with their child, having mm-hmm. all these deviations. Um, I mean, it must be terrifying. And yeah. so talk to me about the bond that yeah. you shared with his family. Yeah, amazingly, um, once once we realized like what was going on with Francis's situation, we knew that we needed to keep this mom and dad updated as much as possible. So mm-hmm. we would give them daily updates of how their child is doing and just connecting with them to let them know that the medical team was amazing. They they cared for his every need, and and so we would we would give them those updates along the way. So it was much easier because we had Samaritan person on our side. They kept on checking us, visiting, giving us hope, encouraging us. We didn't feel alone, and that was that lifted a very, a very big burden from us. But I remember we gave a medical report, um, and then Rabina looked at me and said, "Okay, do you want to share?" a word of scripture with them. And I'm thinking, oh, okay. I didn't know I was supposed to be prepared for this. Um, but uh, just seeking the Lord, okay, Lord, what what would you want me to share with this mother and father in this time? And the Lord had brought Psalm 41, 3 to mind, um, where the Lord sustains him on his sickbed, and he, in his illness, he will restore him to full health. Mm-hmm. And that was just a verse that was just really oppressed on my heart. And and so I just said, you know, day by day, we're going to praise God mm-hmm. because he is sustaining this little boy on his sickbed. We're going to praise him every day that he's sustaining him, but we're going to pray earnestly that he will restore him to fullness of health. And, mm-hmm. and so that was just a key verse that I shared with dad. And he was like, where is that? And he just wrote it down and for them to ask questions and just seek really, really hunger for the gospel um, and truth. And so mom, mom would be there with dad. And, and as we would share the updates, as we would share scriptures, uh, dad was very eager to, to know and, and mom just kind of sat back um, listening, and then several times mom wasn't there. And then I remember dad saying, oh, these scriptures that you shared with me, call my wife and share them with her too. And uh, and I said, okay, okay, we will. And we tried to we tried to call mom. Mom didn't answer, so I didn't really think much about it um, until one evening we were sitting in um, the hotel room, and Kristen said, I think we need to call the mom again. And so I said, okay, let's call her. I said, but let me think, Lord, again, mm-hmm. Lord, what is it? What is the word that you want this mom to to hear? And and as I thought about her situation and how troubled she may be and how difficult it may be for her right now, because her son wasn't doing well at that time, um, every day was a roller coaster because one day we would hear, okay, there's improvement. The next day, he's plummeted again. Mm-hmm. And so it was just up and down of emotions and and I remember us calling the mom, and and the Lord just gave me uh, the verse from Matthew where Jesus says, "Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy burdened, and I will give you rest." And I knew that Francis's mom was a Muslim, and um, and and I knew that knowing Jesus is what she needed. Um, she needed His comfort and His care, um, and so just. Okay, Lord, I'm gonna I'm gonna share this verse with her um, today as um, as we meet with her, and so 
we just start talking, asking her how she's doing. She's asking us how her child is doing. And, and I said, well, you know, I just want to share a scripture with you. You know, I know you're heavy burdened. I know, I can't imagine the pain and the angst that you're feeling, but I just want you to know that Jesus says we can come to Him. We can come to Him with our burdens. We can cast them on Him because He cares for us, and He says that He'll give us rest. And I said, so I really want you to come to Jesus and know Him. And and as I shared that, then she said, I'm ready. I'm ready. And I said, "I'm you're ready? What? <laughs> she said, I'm ready to confess Jesus as Christ. Um. And I was dumbfounded, I think, because I, I was just expecting just to encourage this mom, um, share with her. And she said, ready, I am ready to come to Jesus. Mm-hmm. And I said, why make this decision now? And she said, April, I've had friends who um, are, you know, have shared the gospel with me, but, you know, I didn't think anything about it. Um, but she said, but now I've experienced God and seeing Him work in my child's life mm-hmm. and seeing His love displayed from all peoples around him, from you know, from the interpreter to the the hospital staff to to our organization, just coming alongside this child in this time of need. Mm-hmm. And she said, "So I've really experienced that God is amazing, and and so I know I need I need to accept Christ." Mm-hmm. And uh, and I was just we were just overjoyed that night. <laughs> She says that what is evident for sure in her life now is the peace. She has peace. When she received Jesus Christ as her Lord and Savior, somehow she's, she doesn't worry about so many things like she used to before because she has that peace knowing that Jesus Christ is walking with her. And now she surrounds herself with people who talk more about Christ people who encourage her in the Word of God, and that has improved her life so much. And I, I remember Kristen and Robina and I just singing, mm-hmm. and then right after she said that, she she said, she said started singing, Jesus, Jesus, my Jesus. Mm-hmm. She just started singing this song in Luganda that said, Jesus, Jesus, my Jesus. Yes, He is the Son of God. And I knew in that moment, having served among Muslim peoples before, for her to express that Jesus is the mm-hmm. Son of God, that was one of those moments that you'll never forget because I knew that um, clearly the Spirit had guided her to that. After 102 days, Francis was finally ready to go home. Okay, so when he finally got to go to Uganda, what was that homecoming like? Wow, I mean... It was humbling to be able mm. to be a part of that because, um, yeah, you don't get that often, um, and that that is such a privilege to to be on that plane and and know that this this mom and this dad are expecting the arrival of their child after so long of mm-hmm. being away, and um, so getting on that plane, uh, amazingly, the staff that flew him over um, on the airplane. They just really took to him as well. Um, the pilot, the flight attendants, they all just continued to seek, um, just encourage us while we were there in the Netherlands. If we needed something, I remember them bringing gifts and and just also just sitting with us. Um, and this team had arranged for Francis and his cousin um, 
to be in first class, mm. right up in the front seats. And and as we began the journey, the the announce, you know, the pilot came across the announcement and just said, and we get the privilege of taking Francis home mm. after a hundred and two days of being here in the Netherlands unexpected. We get the privilege of uh, escorting him home, mm. and and just to hear the the celebration that was on the plane that day um, was was amazing enough. I'll not even forget our team, our local team there in Uganda, even to their amazement, looking at this child mm. like that they expected wouldn't come home, um, especially not coming home, running and jumping and mm-hmm. and just. All excited, all excited. Um, so, yeah, it was just a beautiful thing each step of the way, just seeing our team. But then we drive up to um, Francis's house, and when we drive in, there, the whole community, tons of people just surrounding the car, surrounding the vehicles, just singing and praising God um, as as we come in, and then, you know, I remember Francis just said, I'm finished. I'm home. <laughs> and um, and so that was just really sweet to see. Um, yeah, wow. It's now it's finished. Now I'm I'm home, back home. And and then just to see those embraces of that dad just lifting his child up for everyone to see and and praising God for that. And then his his mom, I remember his mom just going through the crowd. I could watch her just hmm. trying to get to her son because everyone's crowded around him. And then for him to see his sister for the first time was just such a beautiful picture because as he started talking back in um, the Netherlands, his first thing, I want to be, I've got to help my sister. Me and my sister have to wash our dishes together and just remembering home already. Mm-hmm. So kind of gearing himself up for um, mm-hmm. returning home and then seeing his sister. But then as after we gathered and all the expressive joy that was there, and we sat down with the whole community there and, and gave praise, gave testimony to what God has done. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was amazing to hear Ma, to hear Dad and to hear um, his sister get up and just give testimony of the journey and, um, and then what God had done in their life and that his dad is a leader in their community, uh, a clan leader, and for him to stand up in front of his whole community mm. and share that this is what has brought me to the Lord. I used to think Christianity was a joke, he said, but now I truly know. Um, and to hear him testify that in front of his whole community um, was just, yeah, unbelievable and uh, amazing to see what God's going to continue to do in that community. Um, and then hear him say, you know, my my son just uh, put my hand on his chest and said, Dad, my heart is fixed now. My heart is be- all better now. And um, the joy that he expressed that was just beautiful to see. This homecoming was truly a miracle. His family had grieved their son's death, but now they were celebrating his return home. Only God can do this. Francis's dad expressed his gratitude for the Children's Heart Project team. He said he didn't feel alone because they were seeing pictures and getting updates every single day. Our podcast correspondent, Stephen, was able to travel to Uganda, and he met Francis and his family. Francis's mother shared a beautiful testimony of what she learned seeing the Lord work through Francis's miracle story. During the past year of 
surgeries and hospital visits and now having Francis back home with you, what has God taught you? So she says that one thing she noticed, Francis's story was like an affirmation that indeed God is with us, even when we don't feel like it. She says that uh, she has gone through many challenges as a mother, of course, with a child who is sick. And she, she felt alone for some time, but she's amazed to see that God answered even the prayers that she had not made, that God knew the need and the cry of her heart and was willing to help them. So she's more aware of God's presence. No matter what the problem is, she knows that God is seeing and would like to help them. Francis's cousin, Kristen, shared with Stephen what it was like seeing Francis transform. He's a different child after surgery than he was before. He stayed in the Netherlands and he continued to improve and recover. And fast forward to today, we're back in Uganda. When we walked in this morning, Francis was playing with toys. He had a Spider-Man t-shirt on. What can you tell me about the boy that Francis is today? There's a big difference between between uh, then and now. Mm. Uh, there's a big difference between Francis before surgery, Francis after surgery, and return to Uganda. She's saying Francis is brown. She said this is the first time they're seeing the true color of Francis. And then Francis is growing. Yeah, he is changing. He is a child, you know, that they are happy to see now. It's amazing. Mm. When you first arrived back home with Francis and you came to your community, can you tell me what that was like? It was a joyous, it was a joyous moment. Arriving here was like a dream. She was very happy and uh, that joy has remained on her heart till now. Stephen asked Francis's parents what they hope for their son's future, and here's what they said. <laughs> so he says that as a parent, you raise your child, but eventually they choose their own path of life. So, but for Francis, they really hope that one day he will serve the Lord Jesus Christ. What about you, Mom? Mom uh, would hope that Francis would always remember to help other people who are in going through circumstances and challenges. And uh, she would like him to be a pilot. Yes, one day in the future. Mm. That is her prayer. The fact that Francis is happy and healthy is only because of God. And I love how Francis's parents now have big dreams for his future. But more importantly, they hope that their son will grow to serve and love the Lord. Stephen was able to interact with Francis in his home and even witness Francis and Tucker reuniting. All right, Tucker, who do we have with us today? Francis Casolo. Can you Hi, say hello? Francis. Hello. How are you doing? I'm doing this. You're, You're doing, doing okay? Yes. What are you playing with right now? I'm playing aeroplane and animal. Francis, who are you here with? Who is he? Tucker. Tucker. Do you remember Tucker from Amsterdam? Yeah. 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 Now that you're home, what do you do for fun? Games like a race. Oh, like race. Oh. Okay. Can you run fast now? 
Yes. How fast are you? Are you faster than Tucker? Yes. Oh, I don't know about that. I think you probably I think are. You'd, you'd beat me every time. I think you're faster than Tucker. <laughs> who's here with you at home? That's your mom and dad? And then who's visiting you here today? Their story brings me so much joy. And I love that God is in the details. And when I think about this story, Romans 12, 12 comes to mind. Rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, be constant in prayer. Across those 102 days, there was a lot of prayer. In fact, prayer was constant. But those who knew about the story all around the world were patient and trusted the Lord. And I remember how for months we would hear updates on Francis and staff devotions. We prayed and we believed in his healing. And now we rejoice over what God did in Francis's life. The trials led everyone to Jesus Christ. After I talked with April, uh, you know, she expressed how great it was to, to recall those stories and to talk about the miracles that God did. But so many more things came to mind. And she said she felt a little bit like John when he wrote in John 21, 25. It says, now there are also so many other things that Jesus did. Were every one of them written, I suppose that the world itself could not contain the books that would be written. We know that Jesus did so many more miracles on his life here on earth. Uh, but God is also doing miracles daily. He is working and moving and acting. And we could not even record all of them, nor do we even notice. And what amazed me about this story is that God, again, I said, he's in the details along the way. Thank you so much for listening today. I hope that you're encouraged. Um, and as we close, here is Francis and his mom. He said, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for praying for us. Thank you for praying for us. <laughs>